Ephesians 1, God's not done yet, so uh, we're going to get in the Word here. This thing always gets messed up when somebody else wears it, right? <clears throat> I'm glad that somebody else gets to wear this sometimes, though. Amen? If you weren't here last week and didn't hear my wife's message, I encourage you to either get online and listen or uh, find, find, tell us you need a copy of it and we'll, we'll get that to you. Um, last week she talked about our hearts and connecting with God and um, the pictures are still here so <laughs> since we're reviewing and we talked about being free from uh, well the chained heart the burdened heart the shattered heart the worn out heart And the broken heart. And I know that, that God did a, a lot of stuff in us and through us. And we talked about connecting our hearts with, with God's heart. And then He rubs off on us. Just like when you paint a heart and you stick a piece of paper on, it leaves the impression, it leaves the image that we get the image of Jesus stamped onto us when we connect with God. And so today I want to just start in Ephesians 1, and we'll see where this goes here. Um, man, Ephesians 1 is just an awesome passage. I mean, if you're ever just depressed or like having a bad day, just read Ephesians 1 till it goes away. <laughs> just if it doesn't work the first time, you read it again. You read it till you believe it. You read it till it gets from your heart to your emotions or your head or whatever thing is, is out of whack because this is the truth. Amen. This is the truth. If I'm feeling something different than the truth, then my feelings are wrong. If I'm thinking something different than the truth, then my thoughts are wrong. If I'm speaking something different than the truth, then my mouth, my words... Are wrong, And I need to get back to what is in the truth. Because it's in the truth. We know the truth. And the truth will, what? Sets you free. And so when you get back to the truth, it sets your mind free, your mouth free, your thoughts free, your emotions free, your will free to live in the truth. And so this is one of those passages that, man, it preaches itself. And so we're going to let it preach itself for just a minute. Holy Spirit, open up the Word of God as I read it right now in Jesus name and it says this if you're a follower of Jesus if you've given your heart to Jesus all this is true for you if you're not a follower of Jesus then this is an invitation to say this is what you can experience praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love. You know, God's in love. God is in love. He's not only love, He's in love. In His love, out of His love, flowing from His love, because He was in love, He predestined us to be 
adopted as his sons, as his daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches, the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Not just a little. That He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you... You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of His glory. Paul says, for this reason, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, may be opened up, may there be a revelation in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power is like the working of His mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. For the people of God, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's good right there. Amen. Amen. That is good. And that is true. That's the truth right there. And so, again, I couldn't preach. I couldn't preach through this whole passage. We could take weeks on this and. 
I'm not going to say we aren't, but we're starting with, with one thought today. Out of all of this that, that Paul says and begins with, and he's talking about, uh, basically he starts with God's heart. You know, last week we kind of talked about our hearts. We talked a little bit about, God, uh, about God's heart and us connecting with God's heart. But right here, this passage says this is God's heart right here. God has a heart that reaches out. He has a heart that pursues. He has a heart that seeks. You know, when... Uh, for those of us that are married... And for those of you that aren't married yet, you may get to this in the future as uh, you step into God's future. Believe for that. But you know, when, when, when you want to reach out to and pursue someone, let me just use my wife as an example. It's the only example I have that's worked out. <laughs> I had a few examples that did not work out. I'm sure you can all relate. But when you, when you want to when someone catches your eye, and you just you just have to go after them, you just know that's the person I want to be with. That's a person I want to get to know better. That's a person I pray feels wants to feel the same way about me. That I feel about them. You see when God created humans. We caught his eye. When God created you. You caught his eye. I mean, God, we all know God knows everything. If He's God, He has to know everything, right? Because if not, then he's, if somebody knows everything, then they would be God and not Him. So God knows the beginning and the end. He knows, the, you know, he knows what was going to happen. He knows the things that were, were to come and the things that have come already. And so it says before the creation of the world that God did a lot of these things, that He, that he chose us, that He... He, he reached out to us. He pursued us in His love. In His love, He was desiring us and seeking after us. He was lavishing on us all this stuff. Because you know, that's what you do when you pursue somebody. You start lavishing things. Okay. Now, when you get married a while, you just have to remember that that might still be a good idea. I'm reminding myself right now. <laughs> There was one lady that said amen to that. So your spouse is saying amen. You know, because when you're, when, you're, when you're going after someone, you're like putting, you're all in. I mean, Ronnie, when you met Carlene, oh yeah. You were all in. You're like, we're, we're going all out of here, right? You're lavishing. Do some lavishing, right? You know? It's a good time. It's a good thing to go back and maybe la we need to lavish each other every once in a while, right? Let's 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 remember to do that. It's not just once we arrive at oh we're good now. Am I in the hot seat? I feel like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm setting the bar kind of high now for the rest of the week. It's going to be, we better get some lavishing going on, right? <laughs> Somebody help me out. Okay, but think about God. He's like, you cut my eye, I'm coming after you. I'm going to do some lavishing. Guess what? I, I've got a son. And I'm going to send my best. I mean, he didn't send an angel. He didn't pick out Gabriel and say, that's a really impressive angel. Gabriel is probably an impressive angel. Whenever he showed up, he had to say, don't be afraid. That's how impressive and scary he was because everybody was afraid right away. And he's like, no, don't do that. Okay, I'll do what you say. Didn't send Gabriel. Didn't send Michael. Didn't send all the other angels that we don't know the names of. He said, no, I'm, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send the one I love. To reach out to the ones I love. And this is God's heart. God's heart is big. Amen. The thing with God is, is not only he's not, he has no limitations. I have limitations. In pursuing Ashley, there were limitations. I messed some things up. I probably said the wrong thing. I fumbled over my words a few times, I'm sure. I was scared to death that her dad would say, no, get out of here, you old man. <laughs> All kinds of different thoughts go through your head. You know, I have, I have limitations, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. If you don't know that, ask my wife. If you don't, still aren't convinced, go ahead and ask my kids. After that, you can check with the rest of somebody around here and you'll probably go, yep, he's not perfect. But someone who is perfect, when they pursue, they pursue with perfect love. They pursue with, with perfect grace. They pursue with perfect timing. They pursue with the perfect moment, the perfect words. You know, I mean, think about the perfect moment. I mean, those moments, you know, where, where it's just like, it's just the right time. You know, when, when I got engaged to Ashley, that, there was a perfect moment. If there ever was one, that was a perfect moment. And God and says, here's the perfect moment. Jesus is coming. It says at just the right time, in the fullness of time, that Jesus came to earth. God sent His Son. In the fullness of time. At the perfect moment. And so, Ephesians 1 is filled with perfect moments. And see, here's the thing. God, God starts with Him. God's heart always starts with Him, not with us. And so we always... We don't want to get that confused. Because sometimes we're always starting with ourselves and not starting first with Him. Because everything is initiated by God. And so I don't need to start with the weaknesses, the, 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 the things that might still be upon my heart or trying to stay on my heart. I want to start with His heart. I want to start with God's heart that, that He has everything. He, he is all-powerful. He, he has no limitations with His love. He has, he has no boundaries with His love that, that he, can't, he can't be stopped his love has, has no barrier that it can't go over. He has, it's not too far. You can't go too far for God's love to reach out to you. God's heart is huge. And he says something very interesting here, which we were reminded of on Wednesday night. It says in verse 11, it says, In Him we were also chosen. Jesus says in John fifteen sixteen, I believe it is, You didn't choose me. I chose you. 
Man, when you're chosen, that's something special. I don't know if you grew up. I didn't grow up like this. But when you're, when you're picking teams or when you're picking stuff, you know, there's always someone that you're like, well, I don't really want to pick them, but you're, on, you're out there. And so you get chosen last. Anybody relate to that? Don't raise your hand, sorry. <laughs> you know, if you've ever been chosen last, I've heard. <laughs> I've never experienced that, uh, just for whatever reason. They had mercy on me. But when you're chosen last, you know, it's like you, you question, hey, is, is there something wrong with me? But here's the deal. God says, no, I choose you first. You didn't choose me. I chose you. That's how God starts his relationships, is with himself, with his heart. He doesn't say, I, I, he says, I do want your heart, but first I'm giving you my heart. I'm going to give you my love first. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Love starts with God. It starts with him and it starts with God's choice. God had a choice to start a new, new universe. I mean, couldn't he have just said, Let's, boy, that didn't work out. <laughs> Let's try that again. Reset button. Beep. Control, alternate, delete. <laughs> let's, just, let's just start over. God didn't hit the reset button. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset this a different way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice the one most precious to me. I'm going to come myself. And I'm going to show you my heart. You know, God's heart is so big. You know, when Jesus showed up... Um, Everyone was kind of, they, they were shocked. They were, they were drawn. They were, they were surprised. Some, of, some people were angry when Jesus showed up because it was like God was saying, here I am. You know, in the book of John, you see it a lot more clearly that Jesus was saying, you know, he didn't say exactly the words, I am Jesus, I came from heaven, I'm the Son of God. But he did say it. <laughs> he said it over and over again. In the book of John, you see that he was emphasizing, hey, I came from heaven. My Father is, you know, I'm from my Father. In other words, God is my Father, so I am the Son of God. And so he came over and over, and they're like, you're so different. It's because God's holy. You know, part of, part of God's holiness is his, his uniqueness, His uniqueness in His love. It's not just His uniqueness in His purity, in His, in his perfection, that's true. But it's also His uniqueness in His love. That God is like no other. When God shows up, He says, I'm not like you. I don't love like you. I'm different. I'm holy. And so God's heart is, is totally different. So when Jesus came on the scene, everybody's like, people, the ones that were open, they were like drawn to Jesus, right? Everybody that says, all the people, all the worst sinners, all the people who had all this junk in their life, who should have been, if God is this person who puts off an eminence of, I'm perfect, you better stay away from me, don't get close to me. All the people that should have been the farthest away from Jesus were the closest to Jesus because He was not like what they thought He was. 
He was good. It was the beauty of his holiness, as it says in the Old Testament, the beauty of God's holiness. In other words, there's, the, there's this attractiveness about who God is. And it's because God was coming, saying, I'm coming for you. I choose you. I, I want you. You're the one I desire. You're the one I pick. You know, in, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah has this vision. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. And he has this amazing vision of heaven. And he sees all these angels, these huge angels. It says they've they've got six wings. And it says, with two wings, they cover their face. With two, they cover their feet. With two, they're flying around. And they're calling out to one another. Holy... Holy. Here's what I believe was happening and is happening for the angels. They cover their faces and then there's just a glimpse of God that gets through somehow. It just sneaks through the feathers on their wings. It just kind of, you know, they, they're, they're, their gaze is just turned a little bit towards the throne of God and they, get just a, they just get a tiny, tiny shot of light. They just get a glimpse of who God is. And then they're overwhelmed once again and they go, Holy, you're different. You're not like us. You're totally other. And so they're moved to worship. And it's even amazing. It's got to amaze the angels even more. It says the angels are amazed that God came after us. Because they can look down on earth too and go... (laughs) Really? (laughs) But then, you know what happens? They see that, and then they get maybe a glimpse of God, and they go, you're not like us. You're holy. You're holy. Your love is holy. Your love is different. God is different than us. I know it's a, you're like, duh, (laughs) profound. But if you think about it, God's different. His heart is different. His responses are different. His, His plans are different. His way of thinking is different. The way He does things is different. But it's all good. And it's all the right time. It's all the right moment. It's the right words. It's the right situation that God comes after us with His heart and says, I choose you. You know, when Jesus came, there's another thing they said. It's like that, you know, everyone was you know, drawn to Jesus and he began to, he began to open His mouth and teach. You know, he, began to, he began to speak words. And you can, you can see this in... Uh, let me get the references for you if you're taking notes. Matthew 7, 29 and Mark 1, 22. Both times it says the people were came and come and they would listen to Jesus and they'd go, wow, the way you talk is so different. You talk with authority. There's like, there's like weight behind your words. There's, there's power. Yet they, they, there was this combination going on with Jesus where they're like, I don't get it because 
So much in that time, authority was this dominating force that would, that would crush them and push them down and take control by sheer power, just strength, greater strength. And yet His authority came with gentleness and with love, but it was an even greater power and authority. And they're like, what is this? This is so different. Because I believe they were seeing the perfect expression of love and authority mixed together. And they're like, what is that? Because I know this is strong. I know this is powerful. I know there's, there's weight. There's just something there that I cannot explain. But there's also this love that's emanating where I can approach. I'm drawn to this. I'm not beat down. I'm not pressed down. I'm not shoved to the side. I'm lifted up instead. I'm brought into something more. I am drawn. I, I feel the drawing of something saying, Come, 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 come. Won't you come to me? That's why people were so drawn to Jesus. Because he was different. He was holy. And his heart was full of love. But full of mighty power to do something about his love. That's God's heart for us. We must never lose sight of his heart. And that's why his heart, when it connects with our heart, it changes it. When we get a touch of that otherness, that uniqueness, that, that differentness of God. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour my love in your heart by the Holy Spirit. It says that in Romans 5, 5. He's poured out the love of God in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That's the heart of God right there. And it's supernatural. Man, I know the difference. <laughs> when I've got me, and when I've got just a little bit of Him, <laughs> just a little bit of God's heart goes a long way. Just a little bit of His heart touching my heart goes a long way. And then what's going to happen is my heart begins to change. My thoughts begin to change. I begin to be drawn to that place just like those people that were sitting with Jesus because we get to sit with Jesus too. We get to speak with Him. We let Him speak to us. And He begins to say things to us. And we're like, you don't sound like everybody else. You don't sound like my dad. You don't sound like my friends. You don't sound like that boss that tore me down. You don't sound like that family member who spoke to me in a way that made me want to draw away, not get close. You're different. And God says, I wanna I wanna I wanna choose you and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all this stuff. I'm gonna give you everything that's in heaven you have as a child of God. If you're a child of the King, it says you have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Amen. I don't even know what that means. That's got to be incredible. And so I just say, God, put your heart on mine again. Mash it up. Get my heart. Boom. Boom. 
Keep touching my heart. Boom. Keep touching my heart. And then we begin to look more like Jesus. We begin to think like Jesus. We begin to talk like Jesus. We begin to feel like Jesus. What does it say when Jesus saw the crowds? He was moved with compassion. Now I'm convinced for my own life, if I want to see more people healed and freed when I pray for them, it's, it's not a power problem. It's not even a believe it in my head problem. I believe it in my head. But do I have his heart? You know, I'm constantly challenged when my dad's bride, Charlie, is around. And she she prays for people and they're they're almost they're healed all the time. All kinds of stuff happens. But here's the deal. She loves people more than I do. (laughs) If I'm honest. And I'm not trying, again, we're not trying to be condemning ourselves, none, nothing that. It's just, it's just the reality of, okay, you have had God touch your heart in a way where you really love that person. And so God's like, you've got my heart, and where my heart is, my power will follow. My grace will follow. I mean, God does, doesn't want just power going out. He doesn't want just... Things happening without his heart. He wants, he wants his heart going out. And the power confirms that his love is real. And so it's a matter of us. We've we got to get back and start with God's heart. Make sure I'm starting with his heart. Touching my heart. Healing my heart. Freeing my heart. Changing my heart. Restoring my heart. Whatever needs to be done inside of of me in just a little bit. Sometimes he does a bigger, you know, he presses it in a little bit harder and says, we're going to do a little bit more today. (laughs) And other times it's just a touch. We're touching you a little bit. Just a a pixel here and a pixel there is being filled in on on your heart. Boom, boom, boom. My heart touches yours. Okay, so I want to I want to I want to close right now, and I want us to respond to God real quick, uh, or however quickly we need to respond to Him. Number one, we need to be reminded about God's choice. God's choice is powerful. That he decided to choose you. It doesn't even matter if you choose him. He says, I'm still coming after you. He wants it reciprocated because that's the goal of pursuit. That's the goal of pursuing someone is so that he can say, I love you. I choose you. And then, isn't it amazing? Man, when my wife said yes. When you've got two people choosing each other, as we talked about, some of you were there Wednesday night, talked about that's how connection happens. That's how, that's how real love happens, is you've got two people choosing each other. That's where love can be released. It's because I choose you, and I choose you, and we can come together. And so that's God's desire, is for us to come together. But His heart is always there. He doesn't pull it back. He doesn't say, well, not today. 
Don't approach God as if it's him saying, not today. Not today. I'm really, I'm really tired of you today. You've been wearing me out all week. You know, I'm going to take a day off. <laughs> You're not like us, God, because there's times where I want to take a day off. Like, you know what? I'm going to pull back my choice today. His choice is always there. I choose you. And the other thing is, I feel like God wants us to respond to is this, that, uh, you know, sometimes we've been so, had so much rejection in our life of people not choosing us and doing things to where we know we're not valuable to them. Hard and painful things, especially those close to us that... um, we just need healing in our hearts from rejection. And so, this is going to be a personal thing. I'm not going to have you lift your hands or come up front. Uh, but I really feel like God wants to, to break off some rejection this morning off of people. Where there's been things in your heart where it's hard for you to believe that God would choose you. Because you faced so many situations where you, were, you weren't chosen. Where you were... Where you were put to the side where you were hurt intentionally. There's some, there's some of you that have been hurt intentionally by people. And there's no sugarcoating it where we can't say, well, they, they didn't know what they're... No, they, they just... Again, and hurt people hurt people. We get that. But they, they chose... They made that choice. And you know, you know they chose. They made the choice. They made the decision. And they, they brought that, that pain in. And so if that's you, I just want you to, whatever, just, I'm going to, everybody close, I'm going to close my eyes, everybody can close their eyes. If you want to put your hand on your heart right now, and we're just going to believe that the Holy Spirit's doing work, and we're not worried about who this is. This is between us and God. So right now, Lord, we just, we choose, first of all, to believe the truth that you chose us. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing us, God. And Lord, right now, for any heart that's experienced rejection, I command any spirit or demon from hell that's attached to that, I command you to go from these hearts in Jesus' name. And I speak to hearts and say, be healed. Be whole. Be filled with the love of God. Be filled with the acceptance of God. Be filled with the the truth of the adoption, the, the, the choosing and bringing into the family of God, the sonship, the daughtership, Lord, the, the, the family experience. In your kingdom, God. Lord, right now we choose to forgive anybody who hurt us. So if somebody hurts you, Lord, right now, I choose to forgive those people. I choose to forgive them. I'm making a choice. They made a choice. But right now, God is giving you a more powerful choice. It's the more powerful choice is to say, I forgive. He has given you everything you need the spiritual blessing of heaven to forgive. And so right now, if you need to forgive someone, I encourage you to forgive that person. 
It doesn't mean what they did was right. It just means that what Jesus did is greater. That what Jesus did to heal is greater than what somebody else did to hurt me. So right now, we choose to forgive, Lord. We bless those people. Lord, whether they did it intentionally or unintentionally, we choose to intentionally forgive them right now. So release these hearts right now. I speak freedom over these hearts. Holy Spirit, we thank you for pouring out the love of God in every single one of our hearts. Lord, let us be connected to you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your heart, God. Help us, Lord, just get a little bit more of your touch on our hearts this week. Every single one of us that will be reminded that you chose us, that your, your power is with us, and that your heart is in us, Lord. And we're going to begin to see your heart manifest in places where we wouldn't expect it. Lord, at times when we would normally react one way, God, we're just believing that we're going to react with your heart. There's going to be something supernatural that happens where you're just because we're open. So we're open right now, God. We're just saying we're open. We're open. We're open to your love. We're open to your joy. We're open to your peace. We're open to your kindness. Touch our hearts, God. Let us just be a great reflection of you wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've never given your heart to Jesus and you're here and you want to do that, please come up front here as soon as everybody leaves. We'd love to, to introduce you to him. Um, if you need some other form of prayer, please come on up and we'll pray with you. But if not, you can greet one another, bless one another, and go with God's heart. Amen. Amen.